Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and their experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, check out practical-leadership.academy. Camille Hilkins, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Paul. So I want to share with my enormous audience, <laughs> you are one of the most admirably best communicators I know. Uh, I mean, somebody who can connect strategy and people really, really tightly together. And I think that's what I first noticed when we start. We worked together just uh, briefly, just about quite a few years yeah. ago. Um, somebody who's smart, gets stuff done, but connects all the dots as well. You're Chief Executive Officer of uh, Shouten Nelson. You've had a really interesting early career, though. You were a strategy consultant. You did some biz dev roles, then flew off to China to chase your yeah. wife. Now, was she your wife at that point or afterwards? Um, no, we are ready to get for more than 20 years. So when she moved to China, you no I choice. just followed her like a good husband needs to do, right? That's what you do. That's what you do. And so you made that leap. You made it, you went into a new industry at that point, I think. Yep. And cool. learned an awful lot from China, brought that back. But in the last four years specifically at Relevance, this global learning company here, which is just such a strong name, what, what, what have you taken from your career so far that has really made that step into the CEO role easy? Yeah, I think, you know, Paul, when you look at the world, there are so many uncertainties. You know, we've got a war going on. We've got digitalization, customer expectations that are increasing by the minute. And I think it's so easy to get lost in it. So the key message I take for myself, but also to the people I work with, is always start with an intention. If you look at the situation, what do you really want to create? So start with the end in mind? Yeah, but really... It is not only the end goal, but also what do you really want to create? A purpose for me, for example, is to touch as many people as possible around the globe and to help them to be relevant. But touching as many people as possible is really what drives me. That's my purpose, my intention. An end goal can be a number, can be a topic, can be anything. But that intention, that's really important. And sometimes, you know, I heard a story about how painters start their work. You know, they really start with a blank canvas. And the first thing they look at, what's the emotion I want to bring? What's my intention? And I think if you are aware of your intention, and then you've got endless possibilities. So the goals are just subsets of intention. Exactly. Mm. And then you have to bring uh, your energy, you have to bring your experience in aligning people, aligning strategy. Yeah. Under the umbrella of intent. Yeah. Okay. When you see people coming through your organization or when you've experienced um, people developing themselves within your teams, mm -hmm. how do you advise them? What, what is it you say to them to focus yeah. on that intent? I'm really proud. You know, I'm working together with around 400 people, really focusing on leadership, change, power skills. And I see a lot of people, people growing. Uh, what I'm always looking at, you know, what's what's their core strength and are they able to utilize it to the max? And when people focus on core strength, uh, I see they're a lot better than avoiding things or learning the things they are not good at. So I, I love people who, who focus. Also love people who, who know their values and what's their intent. 
And actually, you know, you talked about goals when they have a goal in mind. You know, I love when people say, hey, I want to be the CEO. Love it. And they have a clear, clear ambition there. And that, that really drives them. So those are usually three things I'm, I'm looking at. And the advice I give, uh, apart from intention, usually, certainly when I look at first-time managers, I always say focus on the what. Uh, what do you really want to create? And that's more from a strategic perspective. And also really look at the how, but it goes hand in hand. I don't really believe in people managers, you know, because you cannot only manage people. You can only manage both direction, strategy, and people. And when you're able to, to combine it, I think then you can really, really step forward. You know, people who only focus on people, I think they go for harmony, too nice. People who only focus on strategy, like I did in the past, actually. I was so good at losing people around me. As you call me a good com com communicator, I'm the worst one because I love content, I love strategy, I love direction. But if I'm the only one, who believes it? You know, I try to be the smartest people in the class all the time. But if you do that, you know, you take space from other people. They wait. They become reactive. But certainly, when you want to scale up, then you want to put other people in the driving seat. And it, you can only achieve that by combining the what and the how. So that's really my advice to to first time managers. It's the, the strength one always resonates with me. There's a lovely mm -hmm. phrase. I think it's from the Gallup. Uh, you know, this massive Gallup circuit. Yeah, for people sure. Do. And it was something like, I'm going to get this wrong, I'm sure. Don't <laughs> focus on putting in what was left out. Mm. Focus instead on bringing out what was left in because that's hard. Exactly. Yeah. And when you focus on, on trying, to, trying to develop a weakness, then oh, it's, 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 not as, it's not as pleasant. It's not as effective. It certainly won't move the needle. Moving yeah. somebody from a three in a 10-point scale to a four, well, it might stop them being debilitating, but it won't move the needle in your organization. But moving somebody from a position of greatness to a position of excellence, that's the impact there. That's where the magic happens. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said about moving the needle because that's the end. But as CEOs and you as a business leader, what we try to achieve, we really move the needle, go from a six to a nine. And that works a lot better when you focus on strength and all the things that are, that are working well and without pushing the rest away, of course. And you build up the, the the talent stack. I mean, people have these. This, if you think of like a stack of pancakes, you know, yeah. a big big stack of pancakes there, and each of those pancakes is one of your talent, one of your core talents, one of your core skills. Mm. And if you are in the top twenty five percent, it's not great. But top twenty five percent in each of these things, that unique combination really makes you a highly valuable individual. Yeah. And that I think goes to your relevance point of view, doesn't it? How do you stay relevant? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what are those skills then? Because you see these the, the things coming out of the WEF and it's always going to be, oh, it's critical thinking. It's uh, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And they, I'm sure they just copy and paste it, frankly. Yeah. But what do you think then are the, the core talents that you see in a, in, in a leadership company and organizations you talk to? Uh, actually, for me, the key thing is that you look at four things. The first one, actually, you talk a lot about it, is fitness. Mm. Because there's so much change going on. So if we are not fit as leaders, we don't have the energy. How can you give energy to the people around you? So I know you do a lot of meditation. And I think that's, that's a great way to work on your, on your fitness, both physically as mentally. Then, of course, you need to have the knowledge. Understand your industry. Understand the key trends. So I think having that outside view is, is critical. Uh, and to have that outside view, it has a lot to do with skills, of course. And then I think curiosity is, of course, one. 
looking at a hole and being able to, to see the hole is another one. Uh, good communication, but you know all the all the lists, you know, people skills are getting more and more important. But combining the knowledge with skills, I think that's that's where a lot of the the, the, the magic happens. So if you are fit, you have the knowledge, you have the skills. So then the next step is really to be able to create change, to have that creator mode, is to be in a way to be the artist. Um, uh, and make change happen, drive change, and create things that are not not there yet. So those four things for me are are crucial, and it's in the combination. Uh, and I love what you just said about your own strength. I don't try to copy somebody. Don't try to fit in the mall like how a leader should be. I'd be your own leader. Mm-hmm. And that's you know I think that's also the the key message of uh, of, of building inclusive organizations. That we don't have one mall, and every leader should be like that. And we really look at you, we focus on you, we see your values, your strength, your ambitions, and we help you to be the best leader leader possible that really has the right fit with what the organization needs in in a specific moment in time. And I don't believe in the more, of course, skills give a direction and, and what we all need to learn. Um, it looks what fits. And I think even if you look at skills, for me, one of the, so I'm, I'm thinking aloud when we are talking, it's just a skill to learn, of course, because what you learn today it's less relevant tomorrow. So to keep on learning, to keep being curious, uh, to keep innovating, I think that that's what we need in time. Yep. I think the only way you can genuinely stay relevant is to constantly reinvent yourself. Exactly. Yep. And yep. that's what we need to do. When you took on uh, the CEO of uh, Charlton, and then I remember we were talking about this and you were saying, got to go digital because you guys were all face-to-face. Yeah, true. You got to go digital, got to go digital. Then guess what? Well, a year, maybe a year and a half into your role, bang. Everything yeah. kind of had to go digital really, really quickly. Corona helped us a lot, but you're right. We had the vision. We had the building blocks. Yeah. Um, and we make it happen. Yeah. So you had to reinvent yourselves as, a, as an organization. For sure. But I think as an individual, we, had, we end, you got to look at somebody like Madonna, right? I still like Madonna, you know. Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. Like you a know. virgin. Get to the very first time. Oh, totally. We should do this as a duet. Um, but you've got it. She reinvents herself so many times over her career. And it's not by accident. You know? Maybe the first time was. But it's it's because to, to stay relevant, you have to be um, ahead of the game. Yeah. And if you think, I mean, it's a thing for L&D as well. I used to talk about this to L&D people. And the L&D types, learning and development people, they would be saying, okay, what does the business need uh, to, to, to deliver what they're delivering? He says, no, 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 no. What does the business need to be ahead of where the, the market is? Exactly. What yeah. skills are the ones for tomorrow? So you kind of, it's a guessing game. That's why yeah. I asked you, what are the skills <clears throat> of tomorrow, that sort of thing. It's really, it's quite hard to stay ahead of things. So it's yeah. constant reinvention. And that's also what I try to, to tell first-time managers, because I know you work a lot with first-time managers, is embrace the uncertainty there, because you don't know. So let go of the control, let go of all the things you want to know or you need to know, but embrace uncertainty and, and look what, what, what is possible. And what are different scenarios? What's the impact on, on your organization, on your team? And given those uncertainties, and what are the smart moves you can make today to prepare yourself and be ahead of the game and to innovate yourself? Um, but it has a lot to do with, with, certainly for young people, I think, letting go control um, and just accept the world is uncertain and that you need to still need to move and to act. I think the, there's, a, there's an agility, there's a mindset mm. of, there's like a flexible mindset, something like that, 
Yeah. That comes in there. What's the thing? VUCA, right? So volatility, uncertainty, chaos, ambiguous, yeah, yeah. complexity, ambiguity. Okay, yeah. okay. That's a complexity, complexity. And you, you flip that and then you have with, with to, to beat volatility, you need to go for vision. Mm. Clarity of vision is what you were saying. What is the not the goal, but what's the purpose? What's the intent here? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And embrace it. And the 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 uncertainty has to be met with, I think, understanding. And you yeah. understand that this is the nature of being. It's not That's something so to fight against. It's something to flow with. Yeah. And so, as a young as a young manager, you need to make decisions when you only have half half of the information that, that is uh, that's available and still you need to make a decision so there's a there's a confident curiosity i think yeah curious is the potential but confidence that confident that you know we're going to go for this based on the deliberate intent that we only sure. know 60 percent of reality here yeah you've, you've spoken elsewhere about power and influence and not limiting yourself and not being small and being having the courage to, to, to make yourself, you know, be the puffer fish, you know, that fish itself goes, whoop, yeah, pulls itself yeah. up to make itself look bigger. Can you talk some more about the, 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 your concept of power and influence? Well, if I look at my own career, it's really important to know when to take space, when to take the lead and uh, be, be that strong leader in a way, but also when, when to follow. And I've seen a lot of smart people uh, maybe a little bit introvert, had the right ideas, but they make themselves small, they are not heard, and then they, con they complain, hey, I don't get the credit, so I don't get a promotion. But in a way, it's, it's, uh, look, that's the result of your own behavior. So it's always also say, hey, create, celebrate your successes, uh, ensure you also get the credits, because, you know, I love servant leadership, but I also seen a lot of servant leaders who didn't get anywhere. Why? Because they were so humble, and that's exactly what I mean by Know when to lead, be bold, take the credits, and know when to follow, give the credits, build confidence, but you need both. And sometimes I think when I look at current leadership theories, you know, we, we emphasize servant leadership too much. Totally. Because of course you need to, to help other people. You need to be there. You need to listen. Now that's, that's one part of the business, but you also need to ensure there's clarity, there is direction, there is there's boldness, that there are decisions are made. Like what I did when I joined Schouten four years ago, I said, Everything we do is blended. We go digital. No questions allowed, no nothing. That's the direction, that's what we do. And as a leader, you know, that's, that's, that, yeah, you need both. And again, I saw too many really beautiful people, talented, young, who were only asking the questions and, 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 and be humble, and then you don't get anywhere. So that's what I meant with combining power, and influence, that the both sides. That's, I, I like that a lot. I think I like that a lot. I have yeah. struggled on some occasions with people coming with the, because I, I do, like you, I'm sure, with your teams as well. I, I do a lot of mentoring and coaching. Yeah. And I'm working just now with um, my Practical Leadership Academy. It's basically mm. um, first-time managers, the yeah. essence of what the first-time manager needs. And people coming and saying, well, humility, I've got to be humble. I've got to be, well, actually, no, you're struggling a little bit with the whole imposter thing here. You've just mm. got to step up. You know, you've just got to step up and in some cases be dictatorial. Yeah. This is my vision. And why am I having this vision? Because I'm the boss. Yeah. Today, it's my choice. It's my turn to lead. I'm going to make this decision. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, 
talking to chap about um, how you deal with conflict. You, know, you can deal with conflict with your peers differently than you do with your reports, differently than you do with your boss. Mm. But in some cases, you have to consider, is this conflict warranted? Because I am simply telling you what to do. Not yeah. necessarily how to do it, but this is my vision. Then execute, the, please. Yeah. Please, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I recognize your struggle. I had the same struggle with, with conflicts, for example. Because in the beginning, I thought, well, conflict, what's going on and how to avoid it? But in a way, I love now I love the conflict because usually it means I'm on the right track. Because if everybody agrees, it's too easy, it's too simple, then a lot of competitors will do the same. But if there is a conflict, if people disagree, and it's actually a great thing because you know, hey, we are, we have something here, we are on the right and going in the right direction, and we, we are not completely right yet. So let's see how we can go to the to the 80%. And yeah. I think creativity comes out of conflict. For sure. Collaboration yeah. comes out of conflict. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as long as it's not toxic, you're not talking people yelling at each other and throwing yeah. bricks. But no. there's the, the managed conflict, I think, is such an important thing. You've yeah. got you can either use it yeah. or you've got to, you know, uh, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. And change your perspective on conflicts, right? If you see it from that perspective that it is actually a source of creativity, a source of new thing, newness, as maybe a sign that something new wants to create here. And then it's uh, a beautiful thing. But it took me years to uh, to understand that perspective and really, really embrace it with my heart. I mean, because yeah. you, you spoke, you used the word harmony. And it's very easy. People, I think most people, most people who end up as managers are good people and they like people. Yeah. People who like people make good managers. People who are typically, you know, good in a role don't always make a good manager of that. But you like people, so you like harmony. You like people to get along and get together. But the harmony side of it. But that's why the the word people manager doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly there. The, The harmony has a direct impact on your your skill to innovate, mm-hmm. to challenge the status quo. Yeah. Knowing when to lead. I mean, you, you've got, the, 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 amongst the servant leaders, I think, as you said, we do hear, I do see a lot of voices that are just lost. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's, that's such a shame because there's such value there that's going to waste. And what do you mean with lost? I mean, what's uh... when you have somebody who's sitting back too humble, yeah. who's, not, who's not stepping up and not making the decision that at this point in time they need to lead? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. What is, so, what do you do? What, what, what do you do when you see somebody's lost, when somebody's too, too humble, aware? What, what do you do? I think there's a, it's a Situationally, it depends. I think if you've got somebody in a in a, in a room or something, you call on the you, you call specifically on the quiet ones. Mm. Um, but I think from a the, the the meta perspective, if you have the opportunity to coach them, you can coach them through what might well be something like imposter syndrome. They don't yeah. feel worthy. They don't feel that they should be the one making the making the decisions. They don't feel that they should be that their voice is valued. So yeah. you have to under, let them understand that everybody's voice is valued. And if they, we need everybody's voice, and if they hold back, we lose out, collectively yeah. lose out. So you either you call on the quiet people, which can be awkward if they're, that's not what they're comfortable yeah. for, but yeah. I'm afraid that it's what needs to be done. You know, Camille, I haven't heard from you here. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, no, I really need to know what you think. Mm-hmm. I used to reinforce this, actually. I used to have... Um, the monthly business meeting. And the first two or three uh, slides in the presentation were always the same. 
Mm. Uh, one of them was your job is to speak up. Your mm. job is not to sit there looking nice in a suit. Your job is to speak up and tell us what you think and what you say. What, what, what you, really, you, see. Uh, you really design your lines there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if you say it and you repeat it often enough, and a lot of this, is a lot of, as you'll know, um, change is all about repetition, right? Yeah, for sure. You see the same, same damn thing until you're sick about yeah. it. Yeah. You might feel sick, but they don't feel sick. So you repeat the best. Maybe a, a short story if you still have time. You know, like 15 years ago, I uh, I did a boxing class. Excellent. And uh, I was boxing, but I was the kind of guy who was boxing. So I stepped back, I waved, and I sometimes I punch really hard. So, but there was no dialogue, there was no conversation. It was just wait, punch really hard, wait, punch really hard. And it also made me reflect on my communication style because in a way I did the same. You know, I was waiting and then I made a really smart answer. But because there was no link, there was no connection, it just often it didn't land. People were just, what, what's going on? I know there's some value there, but what to do? And I really learned, you know, if you box, if you constantly box and that's like a dialogue going on, and then if you punch hard, the it will land and there's like a platform to make it work. And I think in communication for me was the same thing. When I ask questions, I give comments, and then what I really want to say something, then it's you know, this it's a lot more easy for myself to, but also for the people in the team and the audience to 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 understand it, to get close to it, to embrace it. So I think that that boxing class has taught me a lot. When you are in in settings where it's uh, at all creative. How do you sit back? Because there's a there's a syndrome or a problem I call it a hippo, the highest paid person's opinion, right? Mm. And the minute you, Mister Boss, open your mouth, guess what? That's the thing we need to be doing. How, yeah. how do you encourage that dialogue without coming across and saying that's the thing we need to be doing? For me, the key thing is, because I also have the same feeling myself, I am the highest person of the highest paid person in the room, so I should say I should do something. So I really let go of that. I don't focus on myself, but I know my intention. I always, because certainly when I begin, I have so many meetings. So now I am sure I always have time before a meeting to really think about it. I think what's my intention? And in a way, I really focus on the people around me. I focus on the energy, and then I decide what to do. Should I push? Should I direction or should, is this a time to listen to 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 give compliments to build confidence and to really make a choice between the power side and the more the influencing asking questions side mm -hmm. and sometimes i also really say hey uh, is it okay for you if i'm the coach right now or now i, I really want to uh, this is I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boss i'm the leader this is what i want to do this is the direction i want so make clear from which perspective i'm talking but it's really important for me to to sense the energy know my own intention and then uh, then act but let go of my own doubts feelings worries ego because i know for myself if i focus on that side of me i can also block myself you know uh, because i'm the kind of person everything that i do needs to be perfect everything should be good so if i go in that modus you know then i make myself small so that i really stay out of uh, of that part yeah there's there's a a time and a place for the ego Exactly. Your ego is a great tool if you can yeah. control it. But if you can't and you end up making decisions from the position of ego, I think exactly. mostly those decisions are bad. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And that self-awareness also for young leaders is important that, that you you know from this, hey, now I'm getting, now my ego is talking or now I'm making myself too humble or now I'm too forceful while, while others need to move. So constantly think, hey, 
what's going on? How are people reacting? Is this what I really want? If not, I need to do something different. And if it's okay, then continue it and make it bigger. But have that self-awareness. Because yeah. you, um, you get a promotion as a young leader and all of a sudden you're important. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, I'm and, the boss. Yes. And usually you, you are the boss of people you work with. Yeah, but it's also not that easy. Right? They, they are friends. You go Maybe you go to the pub on Friday evening. Yeah, so it's a lot of interesting dynamics there. Okay. Camille, if you could go back and thank young Camille for doing something, mm. what would you like to thank young Camille for doing? That's an interesting question, Paul. Um, I think when I say also that when I was young, I had that, that shy side in me, the, the observant. But from the beginning, I have been always make, like make bold moves, go outside my comfort zone, and be curious, go out there, and really try to achieve the best that can be like playing tennis on a high level and really training fit can be to a really, my parents said, this school is good. No, I want to go to that school because I know that's, that's better. Or uh, go abroad for studying when I was 19, 20. And make, make those bold moves has helped me a lot to, to constantly challenge myself, go outside comfort zone and accelerate my own, my own growing path. So I think the, also when I talked to my parents, once I showed my mother a picture when I was really young, and what, how was my behavior? She was always, Curious, asking questions, but also in a way make bold moves, look for the, the the boundaries, push the boundaries, and I think that's that's what helped me a lot in my uh, my life, actually, not in my career, but in my life. So curious and bold. Yeah, I like that. And, and, and challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three th- three C's there: challenging, courageous, and curious. Yeah. Do you know what? I I know it's three C's because these are the things that I look for when I hire people. Oh, that's interesting. Somebody says, oh, what sort of person are you looking for? I'm looking for somebody who's courageous, who's, who's curious, and is going to challenge. This. Well, I didn't realize, but that's a... There you go. You're hired. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Camille, lastly then, as we wrap up, how can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn, Camille Jilkins, and that's the, the easiest way uh, to do. Yeah, just go to LinkedIn, search for my name. We are connected, Paul, for very many years. But uh, LinkedIn, send me a direct message if you want to get into contact. And I would love to discuss yeah, discuss things further. Camille Hilkins, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Uh, thank you for this wonderful conversation, Paul, and a uh, lot of things to reflect on. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me today. Your homework, subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague. Please leave your five-star review and any comments you have because that really helps me to improve every day and it helps people to discover me online. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, you should check out practical-leadership.academy.